And the rate of suicide deaths among black women in the United States increased between 1999 and 2020. That's according to a new study from the Columbia University Mailman School of Public Health. The analysis published earlier this month in the American Journal of Psychiatry looked at national mortality and population data of black women collected by the CDC's National Center for Health Statistics. The data show that there were close to 9,300 black women 15 to 84 years old who died from suicide over two decades. The number rose drastically from 2.1 deaths for every 100,000 people in 1999 to 3.4 by 2020. The rate among black girls and young women ages 15 to 24 saw the biggest increase more than doubling. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, the 988 Suicide and Crisis Hotline is available now with resources and counseling. They provide 24-7 service and it's available to anyone. Dial 988 or visit 988lifeline.org. Letitia's Virtual Couch. illegal to have this much swag. Letitia, maybe you need to order up a prescription for that sauce, girl. Are you ready to be enlightened, empowered, and inspired? Wipe your feet at the door. Get your snacks, water, and an opened mind to take in these priceless gems from your favorite therapist, Letitia. With that dope swag from the best coast, the West Coast. And she's fine, too. On Letitia's virtual couch. Do your thing, beautiful. Happy 2024. We are off to a rocky start already, right? But I hope you are setting those goals and accomplishing those goals nonetheless, okay? I've said before that this was the year of exposure because we know 2023 was a doozy, right? (laughs) So let me just get right into it. I wanted to dedicate this episode uh, towards speaking about toxic work environments. Yes, toxic work environment, harassment, and bullying in the workplace is something that a lot of us don't talk about, but a lot of us have actually dealt with or dealing with right now. Have you ever worked in a toxic work environment? One in which you just dreaded going there every single day? Toxic work environments, um, they have a tremendous impact on our mental health. Yes, stress kills. It's a real thing. And in case you haven't heard, there is something that's going on in the headlines right now. And there was a suicide. Someone committed suicide, yes, from toxic work environment issues. Her name is Dr. Antoinette Candia, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name and doing it justice. Candia Bailey. Um, She was an HBCU VP 
of Think of Student Affairs at Lincoln University, and that is at HBCU in Missouri. She took her own life after alleged workplace bullying by that the president, Dr. and I guess her loved ones called her Bunny, Candia Bailey, affectionately called, like I said, by her loved ones. She was the VP of Student Affairs at Lincoln University of Missouri and HBCU in Jefferson City. She died by suicide on January 8th of this year, according to Sherman Bonds, the president of Lincoln's National Alumni Association. She had been recently fired. John B. Mosley, the president, is now under investigation by the university's board of curators. He has volunteered, (laughs) and I say volunteered, you guys, to be placed on paid administrative leave while that review is conducted. According to USA Today, the board plans to hire a third-party expert to complete the investigation. Now, let me pause there for a minute. You see it's stated that he volunteered. But he probably, you know, knew what was coming down the pike, so he just wanted to hurry up and do it so he can be basically have a paid vacation. But he hasn't been he hasn't been tried, I will say, and um, convicted of anything just yet. So we will say allegedly for now. Now, emails, according to USA Today, were discovered where Dr. Kendia Bailey referenced her mental health struggles and accused mostly of intentionally harassing and bullying her. She had just joined the university last May and believed she was set up to fail. Now, people, this is very real and it it, it, it happens, okay? Um, I've had my personal issues with workplace um, harassment, um, but there's ways to handle it and I will talk about that later. But so many suffer in silence um, due to this issue. But Let's take a break. I will come back after this break and we'll discuss more. But I just wanted to give you a little introduction of what's going on. So stay tuned. the information discussed on Letitia's virtual couch should be used for informational and educational purposes only and should not be used in place of therapeutic intervention. If you are experiencing an emergency, please report to your nearest emergency room or contact 911. Thank you. Okay. Get back into your comfortable spot and get cozy to hear some more of our girl Letitia's dope jams. Now, let's listen in. Speaking about the untimely 
demise and the suicide of beloved Dr. Antoinette Bunny, Candia Bailey. Now, where I left off, emails were discovered where she alluded to workplace um, workplace harassment by the president. Now, one of the emails stated, you had no intentions of retaining me as the vice president of student affairs. It went downhill after FMLA and ADA documents were submitted due to my severe depression and anxiety. Now, what what is that, you guys? That's retaliation, and it's clearly against the law. But what I found out, a lot of people really don't know their rights, and that's sad, okay? But know that you have rights. Um, I requested, she went on to say in the email, to be removed under from under your leadership and from the president's advisory council as this was causing significant attacks. This is all documented in email sent. In the email it states, she received a 36, you guys, out of 100 on a November 2023 professional evaluation, even though she worked after hours and didn't receive examples for why she received such low markings. That is that is that is horrible. A 36 out of 100. Now you know if you take a test in school, a 36 is failing, right? Because if you're in the 60s, I think that's what like a considered like a D or something. That is failing, okay? And usually when you are having such low markings of like this, such as this, there's meetings that usually happen before so that you have time to um, improve, right? That's in a, that, that's what is, is supposed to happen. I've been a director and things myself. And don't get me wrong, I have had <laughs> individuals that are working under me that were problem employees. But even still, you have to dot your I's and cross your T's, like I always say, because even those people, they have rights, okay? So you don't want to do anything, even if you're a person that's listening to this and you are in administration, because they have rights, just like you have rights, okay? We all have rights. And things are need to be done in decency and in order. Now, Dr. Candia Bailey Aunt sent an email to USA Today where she stated, Dr. Bonnie, as she was affectionately called, was known for her vibrant personality, quick wit, and infectious smile. The university posted a tribute to her on their Facebook page. She was a gifted colleague and always a passionate advocate for Lincoln University's HBCUs and other causes in which she believed. Now, Lincoln University, as I stated, is a public, historically black land-grant university in Jefferson City, Missouri. It was founded in 1866 by African-American veterans of this American Civil War. It is a member school of the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. This was the first black university in the state. Dr. John B. Mosley was served as the first president, has served, um, if you will, excuse me, has served as the 21st president of Lincoln University since January 2022. Um, When I return, I want to go in more detail of what a toxic work environment is because there's red flags that I want you to pay attention to because sometimes I know it can sneak up on you sometimes. You're like, okay, what am I feeling? But our body doesn't lie. It does have a 
tremendous impact on our mental health. And I know it's easier said than done because, of, you know, of course, with the state of the economy, you know, a lot of people don't have a lot of options and alternatives to leave their jobs. And so I get it. But just know, um, I don't want anyone else succumbing to what Dr. Um, Antoinette dealt with, you know, taking her own life because evidently she felt like she didn't have an out. She didn't feel like she was really supported, especially at a black university. You know, um, historically black colleges and universities were formed as a safe haven because we we were not accepted in predominantly white institutions. And to have this happen to her at an HBCU is just mind boggling to me and it angers me. So when I return, I want to give you some um, red flags to look for and some things that you can do to prevent from you also succumbing to something as tragic as this. Okay. So uh, please stay tuned and come back after this message. Folks, in the last 24 hours, a number of people uh, have been uh, on my social media talking about uh, the apparent suicide of a beloved VP for student affairs at Lincoln University in Missouri. Her name is Dr. Antoinette uh, Cardia Bailey. Okay, uh, She uh, died by suicide on January 8th. People have been suggesting uh, that it was bullying from the university's president, Dr. John Mosley, uh, that led to her suicide. Folks are demanding that she, excuse me, the president also resigned. Now, Lincoln University of Missouri is a historically black college university, is now a predominantly white institution. Today, the Lincoln University Board of Curators announced Dr. Mosley volunteered to be placed on paid administrative leave while a third party reviews the school's personnel processes. According to those close to Dr. Bailey, she was subjected to a toxic work environment enduring alleged bullying and harassment from President Mosley and other university officials. Despite her numerous attempts to seek support and address the issue, Dr. Bailey was allegedly left unsupported and disregarded. She penned a letter on the day she died detailing the bullying she faced after disclosing her mental illness to university officials. Uh, this here uh, is uh, a, uh, a letter here, folks. So joining us right now from Atlanta is Lincoln University's National Alumni Association President, Dr. Sherman Bonds, who wrote this letter, folks, uh, calling the school's current leadership a liability. This letter has been circulating uh, on social media as well. And folks, of course, have been uh, talking about this. Um, again, folks, um, do we have, do you, folks, do y'all have... Uh, the letter that she penned. Okay, uh, I'm something saying. Do you have it in the control room? Okay, all right. So let me do this here, folks. I want to pull that up uh, because I don't want to be able to sh- sh- share it with you. Uh, and uh, you know, we were we were sent uh, a number of uh, documents, folks, uh, from uh, the family of Dr. Candia Bailey um, that again uh, she shared. Uh, and th- there were all sorts of, of messages uh, that w- that were shared, that were sent, um, uh, that went out as well. Uh, like I said, she. Um, um, uh, so so this here, I'm trying to see here. I want to go ahead and make sure that this is the uh, c- correct letter here. Uh, and, and, and like I say, um, 
this has really been talked about by a lot of different people. Um, this here uh, is an email, course, an email that took place between uh, President Mosley as well as, uh, you know, uh, with, with Candia uh, Bailey here. Uh, you'll see right here from John Mosley to Candia Bailey. Uh, he talked about uh, her various comments, issues in her personnel file. Go ahead and go to my iPad, please. Uh, and so this is what it shows right here. Okay, come on, pull it up, guys. Thank you. And so you, you see right here. Uh, and so you see uh, the various uh, emails going back and forth uh, with her and the university president on a variety of issues uh, that was shared with us. And so that was with her and President John Mosley of Lincoln University. Uh, do we have a Sherman Bonds? Can, we, can you hear me, Sherman? Okay, so we so we still are having some issues uh, with his uh, with with his audio. Uh, we're still having some issues there with his, with his audio, uh, and so um, you know this is this is one of those stories uh, that people are talking about. Uh, people are talking about uh, because it deals with uh, workplace environment. It, it deals with uh, how people um, are, are dealing with various issues uh, within the workplace. We have a number of individuals uh, who are. Uh, who, who work in academia, uh, who have been uh, sharing their stories about the things uh, that they actually uh, have been enduring, what they have been uh, going through, uh, all of those different things. Uh, and it has been, uh, and again, so uh, they, you also had an effort uh, to, to terminate her. So, so again, you just, it's just, just so many different things uh, that have been taking place. This is the letter here that Dr. Mosley, excuse me, that uh, was sent by Dr. Bailey to President Mosley on the day she committed suicide. You he see her saying, thank you for allowing me to return to Lincoln University on May 1st, 2023 and serve as the Vice President and Dean of Students in the Division of Student Affairs. She goes on to talk about being appreciative uh, of, of working there. She says, yes, there are some in interpersonal personality conflicts with team members they're dedicated and work hard. I appreciated the meeting. And, and at the end, before the November evaluation meeting, I asked if you wanted me at LU. Thank you for the indirect response. It spoke volumes. Lincoln is where it started for me and where it ended. I'm expressing my sincere thoughts in this letter. She addresses and speaks about a number of her sorority sisters. She was an AKA uh, in here uh, as well. Uh, she goes on and talks about she receiving a 36 out of a 100 score on her evaluation on November 15th. She says that meant I didn't have a pulse and was just a body president. present. The total score was 100. If I am wrong, please accept my apology. The evaluation was not good. Why did you allow me to work if I was that much of a bad employee with poor leadership? While everyone was asleep, I was working. While on vacation, I was working. You even asked that I do a scheduled send on emails so folks aren't getting messages at all times of the night. I made it clear to staff that I work 24-7, but I don't have that expectation for them to be up working. The staff can never tell you of a time I didn't respond when I was working or away from the office. Never. Who got calls at 2 a.m., answered them, and followed up appropriately. If it was so bad, you should have provided me with an improvement action plan to work with me on my poor performance. You had no intention of retaining me as the VPSA. It went downhill after the FLMA and ADA documents were submitted due to my severe depression and anxiety. She's saying, she's I requested to be removed under your leadership and from PAC, and this was causing significant attacks. This is all documented 
and sent. She says, you intentionally harassed and bullied me and got satisfaction from sitting back to, to determine how you would ensure I failed as an employee and proud alumna. How can you have an employee who ranks 36 out of 100 without a plan to help them improve? Well, you allowed me to do your dirty work and clean house and student affairs. Everyone you had significant concerns about within student affairs and discussed when I started is no longer with the university. She then goes on by saying, you're avoiding this concern and thriving off the chaos. As an incoming president, you were required to receive leadership coaching, which you complained about meeting with Joe. Coaching is needed. Then she went on and talked about a number of other meetings. She talked about uh, this PAC meeting. She said, you never had a discussion with me about some of the concerns. I even asked for the specifics during the meeting, which you struggled to provide and promised me to give specifics. When you offered needed clarity on how it related to the evaluation, uh, I questioned, uh, she said, what you offered needed clarity on how it related to the evaluation. I questioned and you made it clear you weren't changing anything. It seemed you just pulled things out of the air. She talked about him failing to respond to issues uh, as well. And she goes on and on and on details uh, and email uh, that re she received uh, as well, talking about uh, the mental health issues. She says, you were made aware of my mental health by email. Before I sent the email to the BOC, the Board of Curators, you scheduled a meeting on 1026. Your demeanor was that of rushing. You stood the entire meeting and you appeared heartless. She then says, be kind and watch how you talk to people. People have feelings and your words hurt. I observe you don't like it. I observe you don't like it when people do this to you. I mentioned this to you and you said, Bonnie, you do the same thing. I acknowledge I was direct and tried to make changes in my delivery. Take ownership and don't get defensive when people try to provide feedback. She says Student Affairs Administration is a revolving door. She went on, talked about, uh, please re reconsider your management style. You're the first president I've ever seen and I've worked and graduated from some influential R1 institutions to have his hands in everything. I mean everything. Now for areas you don't know much about, it is known you stay out of the way. It boils down to your lack of trust, insecurities, and control. How can you be concerned with trusting others when you can't be trusted? Uh, she talked about um, uh, working with other presidents and how they operated. She said, we spend so much on attorney fees. Kathy needed to provide better legal guidance regarding me in two situations. She accused him of being micromanager. Uh, you see all of this. She said, stop bullying and beating Pack up in front of others. What I've learned, you put April and Jeff in uncomfortable positions uh, in front of others. And she goes on detailing. You see folks here, uh, boldface, underline, highlighting all of these different things. She talked about uh, evaluations. Again, his failure to operate as a leader. This, folks, this is literally what she sent the day she took her life. All of this is what was actually sent uh, to the president. I'm going to get down to uh, uh, the, the bottom of, of this issue. Um, and then she goes, my soul must be clear. Shonda is genuinely dedicated and hard working for the division. I like her as a person and professional. Shonda was concerned about her job being in jeopardy. I would never recommend her termination. My soul didn't sit well with the grievances she completed on student affairs staff and the delayed time of reporting both instances on the same day. HR asked if I witnessed Marnita hitting Shonda at your holiday party. I explained I didn't. I don't believe in my spirit that Marnita hit Shonda. I can't see Shonda not confronting the situation on the spot. Folks, she's going on and on detailing this, telling him get to know alumni and alumni. Um, she says, many can see through your, through you and your motivation. 
she talked about, she said, I was warned during my interview by Jeremy to make sure I stressed I didn't want your job because some alumni and alumni discussed me being president in the alumni group. Uh, I mean, I mean, my God, she just laid it out. Stop and listen to others. Stop defending. Humble yourself. Arrogance is not, arrogance is not your, in your best interest. Have regularly scheduled meetings. Uh, and, um, you know, then she talked about um, uh, you are constantly referencing Chancellor Martin. LU is not North Carolina A&T State University. Not even close. Chancellor Martin is an invested alumnus from A&T with vision, professionalism, and strategy, a relationship builder, respected throughout the country, and full of Aggie pride. He has the vision and the staff to retain and graduate students successfully. Lastly, he has the knowledge base, experience, confidence, and strong support from the alumni and alumnae to make A&T an illustrious university. She goes, lastly, mental health is real. I told the investigator I believe the information shared with me until my dying day. I sincerely shared with you about my illness. I was saddened to learn you shared and joked about my condition. While the investigation is closed, this situation has not been completed. My ADA request and mental health status were the real issues. You suppressed the disability with my inability to supervise and provide leadership. I learned a valuable lesson while in the position. Receipts are necessary. I didn't even include all the nuggets. However, all material is on an external hard drive and in my phone. I won't be around, however. I have faith that this once great institution can be great again, a place that my family and I once loved. Mom said the most challenging thing she ever had to do was leave me crying and looking out the fourth window in Dawson Hall. She never turned around to look at me. Mom made sure a brick was purchased in my name after I graduated. Mom wore her LU shirt to church proudly on college day in my honor. She's a proud alumni from SIUC and DePaul, but LU was forever in her heart. As a freshman, she even allowed me to put a LU bumper sticker on the back of her new car. After returning to work at the university, I immediately paid for another brick in my name and alumni dues. Returning to LU turned out to leave me severely bruised and broken. She says in here, uh, she said, I cried my last tear this morning. I've had dark days, but I've never been this dark in my 25 years in the field. Student affairs was my love and my love killed me. I hope this message touches someone. If your soul is empty, troubled, in despair, and you see red flags, leave. Don't try to stick around. My soul can now rest. I feel my earthly dash. March 1974, January 2024. A seat has been prepared for me. Karma is a beast and never expires. Karma will catch up to you and a few others. It may not happen tomorrow, however, in time. Karma and ill intentions are like a mirror. It will reflect the pains and bruises you caused on others. Dr. Mosley, may God have mercy on your callous and evil soul. You should, have, you should never have bad intentions against any child of God. I wish my beloved LU all the best. Blue Tiger. Let's get cozy, comfortable, and ready to hear something like me. Now, I've said this time and time again in previous episodes, Black women are regarded as... I would say the backbone of society. I know I always say that men are the pillars of society and I still believe that. 
black women, we are historically taught to carry the burdens of our families and a lot of our grandmothers and great grandmothers and aunts and um, sisters have done this to our detriment. And I've said this in previous episodes that it is time for us to tear down those toxic tropes. Um, I know I've said the whole term of black girl magic. I used to use that religiously and I've stopped using that because I think it does damage to us as a group because when we say that, it can it can make people look at us as as we are superheroes, which we are in our own right, right? <laughs> Whatever the black woman touches, we know turns to gold. But it does some type of damage to us as well because this is why even people in our own families and women, if you're out there listening, sometimes we're not asked how we're doing. Um, I even look back in hindsight as, you know, my grandmother, she's no longer here, but as a professional, as I got older, and you know, when I was younger, I didn't know any better, of course, right? You know, I was like, how many times did we ask her how she was doing? We always, in our family, because my grandmother was the rock, even um, outside of my great-grandmother, which was the real matriarch, but when you think about it, my grandmother was the one that everyone went to, even my great-grandmother did. She was just... To be honest with you, people say this, I am the, the split image of my grandmother when it comes to our business um, acumen, personality. She was a firecracker. She meant what she said and said what she meant, definitely. Very intelligent and just like all around, just a great, <laughs> a great woman, right? Spiritual and all. But sometimes I wonder now, how many times do people ever ask her how she was doing? And, you know, I wanted to bring this up because we know when we're talking about the toxic work culture, you know, it's not only that we have to perform our best in our work culture, but we have to perform our best even in our own homes. And women, I tell you this, and this is no slight to you men, but I tell you, the the man that you choose to marry is very important because that is your partner. That's the one that you can get to let your hair down with, be vulnerable with. And if you can't do that in your own home, um, you know, I I hate to say it, but it may end up with you feeling depressed and all of those other things that I definitely don't want you to have to deal with because, and this is not to say that our partners are our therapists because they are not, but they should be there somewhat for us to lean on, okay? So with that, um, I want to go in and discuss an article that I read And I thought it was very interesting when I was speaking on, um, well, thinking about the um, suicide rates for Black women. And it's something that is actually increasing. And I know sometimes when we think of suicide, you're thinking about, oh, no, I would never kill myself because I leaned on God. And and you have people who still believe that. But I'm going to be honest with you, times are changing and people are not um, usually leaning on God anymore. And that's a whole nother story. We can go down that rabbit hole, but I choose not to do that in this episode. Um, and so a lot of times you have women, black women, um, you know, for this for this um, podcast episode, do not feel like they have the support um, that they need to stay sane, if you will. So this study is by um, Boston. It was found in Boston 
Trobania, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Choban, Chobanian and Avdishian School of Medicine. I hope I didn't butcher that, but if I did, you guys get the gist, right? So, in a new study, looking only at women, researchers from Boston University School of Medicine and Howard University have identified Black women aged 18 through 65 years to have the highest risk for suicide irrespective to their social economic status. This study found that Black women in the highest income strata had a 20%, you guys, increase in odds of suicide slash self-inflicted injury compared to white women in the lowest socioeconomic strata. So what that means is even women who have higher income still have a higher suicide rate than even white women with lower. So a lot of times we think more money, you know, if I just had more money that I'm just easy breezy, right? <laughs> Not so much according to this episode and just in, you know, personal, what I see in my practice, that is not always the case because, you know, the song, more money, more problems. Money doesn't take your problems away. In fact, it may even increase a lot of your problems, to be honest with you, but it doesn't take away from other stressors. Of course, you know, if you have financial stress, it can take those stresses away, if you will, if you have good spending habits, because what if you're that person who the more money you have, the more you spend, but that's another topic, right? So according to the article, um, it states, our findings were surprising because most studies usually show that the rate of suicide was higher in white women in the U.S. However, when we begin to look at the intersection of race and income, a different picture begins to emerge, explained corresponding author Tim Tropi Ugandari, and I think it's <laughs> Ogandari. MDMPH, and he is a clinical instructor of psychiatry at the school. To determine the factors associated with suicide slash self-inflicted injuries, the researchers review the National Inpatient Sample Database, the largest all-patient database in the U.S. from 2003 to 2015. They identified and collected demographic data insurance type, smoking status, exposure to um, domestic violence, etc., on women aged 18 through 65 who were hospitalized with a diagnosis of self-inflicted injury or attempted suicide. Then they use a computer model to test how race and socioeconomic status interacted to determine the risk of suicide. The study concluded that interventions and policies that reduce smoking, prevent intimate partner violence, which is DV, address racial discrimination and bias, and provide universal health coverage are needed to prevent excess mortality from suicide death. When I look at Dr. Antoinette, I'm wondering, and to be honest with you, she did everything right. People just did not step in and did what they needed to do for her, which is really aggravating to me right now. She did everything right, everything right. She went up the chain of command and I'll go into the steps of things that you can do to um, actually advocate for yourself. But when I look at her case closely, she literally did everything right. She just didn't have the, the needed support um, from the fellow faculty 
And I don't even know from her family. I'm just going to be honest with you. And I don't want to blame anybody because, you know, the the verdict is not out yet of what actually happened. But just looking at it from the outside, looking in, and a person who have actually endured workplace bullying, we definitely need advocates. We need advocates. We need someone to say, okay, this is not okay. We need to make um, corrective action and deal with this. But of course, that doesn't happen overnight all of the times. And I don't know, she was hired last May, and I don't know when this actually started for her, but it doesn't even matter. The, the, the fact is something wasn't done to the fact that she felt that the only way out was to take her life, which is really, really sad. Just really, really sad. Um, according to the researchers, these findings are important because it allows identification of which population has the greatest risk of suicide. In public health, we want to target interventions for the most vulnerable population. In addition, results from this model continue to highlight racial disparities in health outcomes and the need to approach public health interventions through a racial justice lens. Um, Okadari, who is also, like I said, is a psychiatric resident at Boston Medical Center. Okadari believes interventions targeted at helping women who have experienced domestic violence lack of universal health coverage, as well as addressing racial discrimination, must become part of a comprehensive suicide prevention strategy. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Um, I'm going to insert some um, some some audio <laughs> so you can hear just from other people's perspective, also therapists, um, to let you know things that you need to look out for women black women for this podcast episode and this is not to say that other women of other demographics and um, ethnicities do not have this problem because suicide is is um, horrible for any group so i don't want you to think if you're out there listening and that you're not a black woman that i don't take this seriously for all because i definitely do as a therapist i do not discriminate and never will but for this episode because of what we're talking about what i'm talking about here Dr. Antoinette was the VP of Student Affairs at Lincoln University. I'm just highlighting for Black women in this particular episode, okay? Um, there are some things that sometimes I think we have, we um, tend to let fall by the wayside, especially Black women, because from the outside too, people may think that we wear a cape. <laughs> we have a magic wand and Black girl magic and there, yes, but there is a dark side to that. Sometimes people don't think that Black women feel pain to the same level as intensity. And you know, I've spoken about this in other episodes when I was speaking on the health crisis and health disparities um, for maternal health and mortality. And so for here, here's another example of where it's translating and manifesting when it comes to the workplace. Um, You know, we are bright, we are brilliant. And yes, we do make things happen, Um, but... That doesn't mean that we're not vulnerable and that we don't need help. And for women out there, Black women, if you hear me under the sound of my voice, know that it is okay and not a sign of weakness for you to ask for help. So with that said, I want to come back um, with some audio and also after that, um, in educating you on steps that you can take. But even before that, red flags, things to look out for in the workplace, because sometimes you may not know that you're experiencing it, 
But one thing I will tell you, I don't know if you read the book, The Body Keeps the Score, but our body tells us. It's so great how God created us to be able to have a body that alert us to danger. But sometimes when we're alerted, we don't take heed and we don't do anything about it. So um, stay tuned. Come back, get your water, get your snacks, and come back with an open mind for more. And welcome back to The Factor on Sense of Depression can manifest in different ways for everyone. According to a new study, it looks a bit different in black women. Those symptoms can look like stress, self-criticism, and even sleep disturbances. Let's bring in our next guest to talk about this therapist, Dr. Christine Belliard and Saudi attorney LMFT. Glad to have you both here on The Factor on Sense. So when we say uh, depression can look different for black women. Tell me how it manifests itself besides what we've said for here sure. already tonight. I will say both of us are therapists and oftentimes when we get calls, I'll say that someone may call and say, you know what, I feel like I'm just not handling things how I should. It's <laughs> almost as if they are nervous that they're not handling even more things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it can come out with, there's quite a bit of stress, but then also I should be doing more, doing more, why can't I handle this? Almost as if they're supposed to be able to handle the world and if they're not, then there's a problem. Is this because of generational issues because we or women saw their mom mm -hmm. handling it Absolutely. despite being depressed or whatever they just push through all the time absolutely so it's generationally in the family of origin but it also is historically like mm -hmm. as black people our survival was built on being tough so that gets passed down generation to generation so it's inside the family that there is a idea that you do need to push through that I'm gonna toughen you up because the world is gonna be hard on you and then you go out into the world and the world is hard so there's no place for black women to really show despair, show mm -hmm. sadness, cry, right? So those feelings get repressed, and when anything is repressed, it turns into depression, and if it can't be manifested through your thoughts and your feelings, then it'll show up in your body. So Dr. there are a lot of complaints. Dr. Belliard, is it a possibility that that becomes angry black woman, too? Well, I will say anger is a secondary emotion. Because so, if you're, you're, you're holding yeah, stuff down... That's for sure. For sure. You know, it comes out, you know. It can be, but the stereotype of the angry black woman, where now you're trying oftentimes to fight against that stereotype. Right, I right. don't want to be pegged that way. So I do repress, but like a pressure cooker, something's going to eventually explode. Mm -hmm. If it's through anger, that secondary emotion, but it really is, how do we get to that primary emotion where it's okay for you to be sad mm -hmm. yeah. or for you to know that you can't control everything? That's not possible There's like it's okay for you to be human wimpy, weak theory exactly or that you're fighting against right. you don't want to be weak because right. you saw your mom handle a lot of stuff a lot of stuff which honestly is a trauma response she mm -hmm. had to handle those things right right mm -hmm. so the beauty is we're one of the first generations where we're able to actually process so much generational stuff a lot of my work with women is about how can you be okay with being compared to doing where you're having to produce figuratively figuratively and literally to now being able to just know that it's worthy for you to just be like that that is a huge transition for us usually it's so been connected to our production and what we can produce and for everybody around us in the house at our mm -hmm. job and everywhere else and Saudi what would you say to them to say it's okay mm, yeah. it's okay to take this moment 
to figure out what's going on with you. It's okay to be vulnerable right now. Yes, and vulnerability is strength. So mm -hmm. I reframe it for my clients as like, that is the hardest thing to do. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing to do is to show up authentic. The hardest thing to do is to seek support but when it's something that really matters, when you really care about yourself, you're gonna do whatever you need to do to get the help you need. So asking for help, asking for support, just being honest about how you feel is actually a sign of strength. It is not at all a sign of weakness. And that's why it's so important for women, especially black women, to have safe spaces that they can go into where they can take those masks off and just say, actually, this is really what's going on yes. with me. We need to bring you guys back and continue. Come back to your spot on the vertical cap to get some more gems dropped on you by my girl, Tisha. Come with that fire, Letitia. Come with that fire, Letitia. So what exactly constitute as a toxic work environment? A toxic work environment can come in many forms. It can include passive aggressiveness, unmotivated staff, microaggressions, micromanagement, one of my <laughs> worst things, I cannot stand a micromanager, um, racism, sexual harassment, even inappropriate comments from coworkers about the person you replaced and all of that just nasty stuff, right? Um, a lack of boundaries and that's one thing that I don't like and I'll tell you a little story uh, I don't know I may leave it out but anyway I don't like um, individuals with a lack of boundaries especially those that are considered my superiors a toxic workplace does not provide psychological safety and that's so important people it does not um, provide an environment of safety or any feeling of security, if you will. Toxic workplaces often leave employees feeling scared to speak up for themselves, to share their input, and just walking on eggshells, which is not a type of place you want to work. And it's just not a type of state of being that you wanna be in, in any arena, okay? That can lead to stunted professional growth and burnout. And I spoke about burnout before in some of my previous episodes. I'm quite sure we have all had some sort of workplace bullying, whether it's minimum or if you had it at a higher level, okay? So higher capacity. And I know many of us have all had that infamous, yep, harassment training but it just goes to show it doesn't stop. I think it's just a formality that work, you know, environments have to do just to cross their T's and dot their I's, right? But what are workplace environments really doing to stop this from happening? Toxic work environments breed unrest, competition, low morale, constant stressors, negativity, sickness, and high turnover. And that's one of the things I always would ask um, initially in an interview or any type of business partnership that I enter is what is the turnover rate? You know, I know sometimes that job you may really want it so desperately and uh, you give the Miss America answers and for the guys, I don't know what um, equivalent <laughs> thing that I can say about that because you're not Miss Americas but I know you want to put your best foot forward and you probably don't want to ask those hard questions but guess what if a 
employer has some kind of grievance about you asking those type of questions, that's just not a place you want to work in. And that's just it. So sometimes the devil is in the details. It's in the initial beginning. And I know you want that job so desperately. And I know it's easier said than done. Those of you may not have as much experience. So anything that comes your way, you want to take it. I understand. And sometimes there is a silver lining in this. Sometimes, because I'm going to be honest with you. I do not regret any experiences I've ever had because it made me who I am. It made me that much sharper. It made me to where when I was in, um, and still today, in supervisory um, situations in um, higher standing and higher um, office, I would say, it made me not want to endure, well, not endure, it made me not want to give off what I received, right? Sometimes, and you know what I say this all the time, you get to know people when you give them power. Two things, power and money. You really see people's character. You really do. Now, toxic workplaces rarely stay at work. And this is what I'm saying. They often spill over and bleed over into our personal lives. They typically follow us home. They take over our conversations with loved ones. They steal away much needed sleep and rest. And generally, they cause worry and stress. Toxic workplaces can lead to, again, stress, burnout, depression, damage to our self-esteem, causes a serious disruption to our everyday life and normal life, and for some, sadly, suicide, like in the case of Dr. Antoinette Candia Bailey. Now, these are some of the things that you can look um, for in a toxic work environment, and some of these you probably have endured before. A toxic work environment may have poor communication. Yes, insufficient, confusing, or scattered communication is one of the biggest culprits when you have unclear and undefined rules. And sometimes those things are set up because they want to keep you in a state of anxiety. I have definitely had that before. Um, So you definitely want to um, communicate to your superior um, so they can delineate a plan for you. What is it that you need for me to do? And I will say this get it in writing, (laughs) get it in writing. This can come in the form of verbal communication, written communications, and preferences on how to communicate. And the list goes on. But again, get it in writing so that you can get clarity on what your responsibilities are. And it's always important to know that manual, you guys. I remember working for governmental agencies and I knew my employee handbook by the book, like the back of my hand. And anytime that something would come up, I would go right to the manual. Um, I'm not doing that because it's not a part of my manual. And the reason why I say this is because knowing your office policies is so important It's because what people try to do, and I'll say this, they try to put you in a trick bag a lot of the times. That's why I tell you guys, it is chess, not checkers. See, when you have things in writing and you can point to it, they can't write you up for insubordination. And that's just what it is. Yes, poor communication is the root cause of bad organizations or good organizations. Well, I would just say communications, period, because communication... Um, that um, is good is is the cause of good organizations as well, right? Bad communications often leads to confusion, like I said before, and a lack of purpose for employees. From here, problems arise and compound. 
creating a snowball effect and often leading to other items, right? That's on our list that I'm going to read off to you now. Now, another thing is bad leadership. And I kind of alluded to some of that in the bad communication, so I won't really stay here. Um, the bullying, you know, a lot of times uh, we have experienced that highly entitled, demeaning, demanding loss. One who makes your stomach turn at the sight are them summoning you into the office. Have you ever had that before where you had a boss summon you into the office or you got an email like on a Friday? And so I know all the tricks of the game now. And so I just want to share some of them with you so you can nip it in the bud right away. Um, a person who will leave your email on a Friday evening knowing that you can't respond. So guess what you're going to do? You're going to think about that and not enjoy your weekend because that's going to constantly be on your mind um, until Monday, right? And so a lot of toxic bosses do that. Now, some of these things, I'm just going to be honest with you, you can um, mediate, but some things you just have to leave. And that's just what it is. I know that's not all the case all the time because I, I am a, am a believer. Sometimes we have to learn lessons and if we don't learn them, we'll repeat them over again or we'll have to take the test over again. And again, this is not to say to the point of where it is affecting your mental health gravely, where you want to take your life. Absolutely not. Leave, 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 but also document because a lot of times when people are just leaving, those people are there to harass other people. So somebody need to take um, take, you know, some time and report this stuff. I'm not going to lie. I think God always uses me. I used to wonder why, <laughs> but he, I think he uses me to nip things in the butt because every job that I had an issue with, the employees will always say, oh my God, before you came, they were doing X, Y, and Z. And after you did that, oh my God, it ended. So I think sometimes God does use some of us as like a David, <laughs> to kill the Goliath. I'm not going to lie. And I think that's one of my callings. I'm not going to lie to you. So there's an old saying, you don't leave a job, you leave a bad boss. But I think two of the things can be true. Two things can be true at the same time. Okay. Bad leadership can seep into every fiber and fabric of an organization and into our being. And how to handle them? Yeah, like I said, you have to report things because sometimes it shows that there's a higher and a deeper problem. It proves there is something rotten in the hierarchy of leadership that make the overall workplace downright damn toxic, okay? Poor leadership can manifest in various ways, as I stated before, micromanaging. That's one thing I told you I do not like because I think micromanagement shows that there is a distrust. And if you do not trust me, in any relationship, then why the hell am I here? <laughs> if you don't trust me, then I have to go, okay? No. So, um, yeah. Another thing, unmotivated co-workers, just like your colleagues, um, can motivate you to work motivate you to work harder. They can also <laughs> be a source of just just toxic mess, okay? And an unmotivated um, employee, like I said, it can stem from a larger problem, a larger organization problem. So that shows that there is something that is deeper there, but I can't stand a complaining, toxic co-worker because it can be very demoralizing. Um, another thing, a workplace that has stifled growth. Speaking of growth, if you're not experiencing it, your workplace no, if you are experiencing it, your workplace may be toxic. 
Um, this can be if your workplace doesn't seem to offer any mobility, um, learning opportunities for advancement. And these are some things you may want to ask in the very beginning. Um, if there's a glass ceiling, you definitely don't want to stay there unless, I'll say unless, there is something that you want to gain from it and move on, okay? Earlier in my career, I knew there wasn't going to be um, places that I was going to stay along. But of course, in an interview, I never said that because uh, one of the infamous questions that you probably have been asked, um, where do you see yourself, <laughs> right? That's the infamous question. Where do you see yourself in this company? And of course, I am a wordsmith. <laughs> I have a gift of gab. And I would definitely say, well, I see myself doing this, but sometimes that could put you in a trick bag, y'all. Because if they feel that you are going for their job, they're gonna do everything. And I don't know why I have intimidation across my forehead, but I would have people who are way more accomplished than me. And they, it's like I was just on their radar. I was just on their radar and I tell black women, and this is not to say, you know, put myself on a pedestal, but if you're a black woman, and if you are deemed even attractive by just even one male in the office in several, you are going to have a hard time. <laughs> and I have stories for days, for days, for days, for days, for days. One of them I can think, I can think about even just um, one of my former bosses, his assistant. She hated my guts. And we all knew why, because she was in love with him. And I don't want to say too much because it's probably going to out this person, but she had it out for me. But, um... Again, I'm not to be bullied. And uh, it didn't end well for her because I wind up, you know, going higher up, going, you know, and I'll go into that later, things that you can do. But you don't have to sit around and be bullied, y'all. <laughs> not at all. Please don't do it. Please, 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 please. A toxic, um, toxic work environment, um, usually, as I kind of alluded to, it may have a high turnover rate as well. Yeah, it may have a high turnover rate so people that are constantly leaving this job you may want to look at that and see why okay why are these people leaving this job and you may even want to ask questions you may want to do your research on this agency before even taking the job okay um yeah so those are some of the things that I um wanted to um bring to your attention some of the things that you may want to look out for that are yeah <laughs> you may just want to run for the heels you definitely do um I have a few more but I want to take a slight break um and yeah like again come back with your open mind your drinks <laughs> your um snacks and all that and I will be back um to continue this list Or someone you love are having thoughts of committing suicide, please call the National Suicide Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or call 1-800-273-TALK. You are not alone. Okay, get back into your comfortable spot and get cozy to hear some more of our girl Letitia's dope jams. Now, let's listen in.
continue. Let us continue. Now, before the break, I was basically giving you some red flags you need to look out for. Okay, another red flag is a toxic workplace often has no work-life balance. Oh, this is one of the worst. Yes, work is good because it pays the bills, right? But you have to take time out to play. And I know that all too well because I love traveling. I love all things fun. But if it doesn't have anything to do with the airplane (laughs) or music, I probably don't want to do it. You deserve to have a full life outside of work, people. You should be able to toggle your Slack notifications to off, 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 off our airplane mode. (laughs) You should be able to leave an email unread after dinner on a Tuesday. You should be able to make your appointments outside of work guilt-free. And if you've ever been in a toxic work environment, don't they make you feel guilty for taking days off? But I never cared anyway. You deserve that PTO, people. You earned it, so take it. Work-life balance is essential to our survival. No human should be expected to be on the clock at all times. You should not. If your job requires that you be on call at all times, it's toxic. Now, I'm not going to lie. In my field, being on call is something that a lot of jobs want you to do. But that's one of my deal breakers because I say, especially in my field, I need time off. I need time to to relax. I need time to turn my brain off and do things that um, are meaningful. And I'm not saying that my job isn't meaningful because definitely it is. But outside of that, we also have meaning. We also are individuals outside of our professions. If your boss requires you to answer emails mid-Saturday, every Saturday, your job is toxic. Say no. And you want to ask those things up front. Okay, yes, at times things can come up and that's, that's like I said, emergencies happen, but it can't be all the time. I'll share this little story. I was going to be, I was going to do some business with someone fairly recently and women, I know we probably have this, this thing where, um, sometimes business, (laughs) sometimes men want to take business further. Now, I'm not accusing this person of that, but I have had this before. When I get a call from you at 10 p.m. at night, you should be calling me um, if we're not, uh, you know, have that type of relationship, if you will. If we're strictly business, do not call me at 10. So you know what that let me know? You have poor boundaries. And so I immediately cut that thing off. Um, Another thing, your workplace should not make you feel burnt out. And that's what uh, something that I said before. Um, a job that makes you feel burnt out is just a no-no. And you know what burnout is because you feel it, okay? Um, and here are some levels of burnout I wanted to educate you on. Frenetic burnout. Frenetic burnout is experienced by employees who put a ton of energy into their work in the hopes that the output will be rewarding. After a sustained period of dedicated work, the frenetic worker does not find positive outcomes. Okay? Under challenge burnout. This type of burnout occurs when an employee feels under challenge and bored at work, being unable to find any satisfaction in a job. The under challenge employees find themselves in a lowered mood. Okay? What is worse than feeling unchallenged? Um, I'm a person where I would say a higher achiever, but not a higher achiever to the point where it's pathological, if you get what I'm saying. I like to challenge myself, but I also know when to say no and when to stop, okay? Worn out burnout. 
Now, this type of burnout, the employee is someone who is resigned about their work um, after experiencing consistent work stress over a long period of time. Having experienced negligible um, um, rewards, the worn out employee feels disillusioned and uninspired by the work at hand. They're all are toxic and they all have um, an effect on your mental health, but also your physical health. If you find yourself having heart palpitations, if you're having migraines and all of that, just unhealthy stuff, you want to leave, okay? Your health is just not worth it. I always made, I always had this motto, and even when I was younger, I had this. Um, do you know when you die, if you would die at your job, that they're going to pack your stuff up? I've seen it all too many times, especially if you work for the county. <laughs> um, any governmental agency, because, you know, with a governmental agency, it's a big bureaucracy most times, and you're just a number. I'm just not going to lie to you, just what it is. You're a number. They're going to pack your stuff up, your plants, your photos, and whatever. Give it to your family. And someone is going to be in your space, if not the same day, at least by the next day, but a lot of times the same day. There's going to be an email blast about you and how they missed you and all that good stuff, and, and, and it's over, okay? Another thing. A toxic workplace has little or no forward movement, and I spoke about that a little bit earlier. No social upward, well, no upward mobility. Do you see yourself where it's just like it's not going anywhere? Um, just no movement. It's just stagnant. No growth. That's a sign to leave. It's not worth it. Okay. I feel like with anything, there should be something in it for you. And this is any relationship. Always weigh the pros and the cons. What is it that I'm getting out of this? Is it draining me more than filling me up? Then it's time to go. Okay. Um, and some jobs like to cling on you like stalker relationships too, right? <laughs> if it has to cling on and just, it, no, it's a no-go, okay? Leave, leave, leave that thing alone. And I'm getting more into relationships now, but you know what I'm saying, y'all, right? <laughs> if you find that you once desired your job as so great and that now you are um, can't muster a good word, you're probably experiencing a brand new toxicity one where you will no longer move forward. It's just time to go. And I will say this too, you know, not to say, you know, because sometimes we can go too far to the right. Sometimes things, the season's just over at a job, okay? Learn where to cut the cord, just like with anything. You had your season and the more you try to hold on to that thing, just like in a relationship, you find yourself just having conflict more and more and more is usually the sign that God is telling us to let that thing go. It's time to let it go, okay? Jobs are no different. <laughs> Jobs are no different. The last thing, does it trigger a gut feeling? Just like when you eat spoiled food or too much candy, your gut is the best warning sign that something is just not good, okay? If your intuition, your discernment, or whatever you wanna call it, I like to call it discernment, is telling you, that your workplace is bad is probably bad. If your anxiety is through the roof, if you suspect you're experiencing discrimination, like in the case that I talked about before with Dr. Antoinette, if your physical health is suffering, if your mental health is suffering, all of this is happening on a regular basis, this is a problem. It is time to go, okay? Now, some of the things that I wanna tell you that you can do as I close, 
document, 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 document. I cannot stress this enough. Do everything in email. And if you're working for a toxic boss, I'm going to tell you what they try to do. They try to call you. But it's, it's a way to get around that too. You can take the call, but you know what I will always do? I told you, I play chess, y'all. <laughs> I play chess. Um, I follow up that with that uh, that email. I mean, excuse me. I follow up that phone call with an email. And you know what I say? I stated in our phone call, blah, 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 blah. And if they don't answer, I keep emailing them until they answer me. To be honest with you, I had to sue a place of business. And guess how I settled out of court? Well, how they settled out of court. I had so much stuff in black and white that guess what they did? They settled with me because they knew, okay? So I tell people, document, 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 and follow the next thing, which can be included in this too. Follow the chain of command. If you don't get any um, advice and you don't get anything um, in your favor, <laughs> any um, resolve, resolutions from this, go up and up and up and up. And you know what I try to tell people? Everybody has a boss, no matter what they tell you. You're answering to someone unless it is your personal business. And even then, you have um, people outside of that that you can um, contact to. Even if it just have to be your attorney. <laughs> That's just what it is. Contact HR, EEOC, FMLA, state and federal officials, even Congress, if you will, because I have stories for days, okay? I am not the one to play with. You want to play with me and my livelihood and my mental health? I'm not just going to quit on you. <laughs> and, and and people who maybe listen to this, I've probably worked for before, they know that I'm the right one. <laughs> you know, like literally, you don't have to take people's BS in your personal life and professional life. Because you know what I, I, I tell people? Who you work with, do you know you see those people more, if you're not working for yourself, you see these people more than your family. You are there eight hours a day most of the times, five days a week or even more. So it needs to be a place where you can um, have some peace. I'm not going to be honest. I'm just, no, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, another thing that you can do, visit your, your doctor, get things documented about your health and even a therapist. Those things work. You know why? Because it's showing that you have a problem and you have sought every external resource that you can, um, you know, that you can seek out. Dot your I's and cross your T's. You know, one thing that um, I will say, and I'm just going to say it, people, especially my black people out here, when you have a problem, sometimes you want to gripe, you want to argue, you want to, yeah, just get outright just disrespectful. No, just don't do that. You have to play chess. And just know this, you will be a target. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Do not, do not, do not, do not contact anyone and complain if you cannot cross your T's and dot your I's because you will be a target, guarantee. So your work, do not be a, a person who's sloppy at work, late, not doing your job, and have a nerve, have a <laughs> the nerve and gall to complain because you're just asking for it. One thing I know when I complain about something, first of all, I'm a good worker anyway. I've always had impeccable business acumen. Okay, um, I just pride myself. I've always been one with morals, and uh, 
that's why I think it gets to me when I see a person that tried to cut corners and copy off of people's stuff and just with no creativity. Because you know why? It lets me know. It lets me know that they lack morals. And that bleeds over into other aspects of your life. Because if you see those people that usually copy off of people and just have bad work acumen and just bad morals and work, you're going to find those same things in their personal life. Guarantee it. Guarantee it every time. Because those things go hand in hand all of the time um yeah and so those people you want to stay away from in business and also in your personal life because their stuff is going to spill over even if it doesn't immediately it will you know I'm just going to be honest with you we've been saying this year is the year of exposure and so you see a lot of relationships disintegrating and a lot of times it's because of this very thing right here you need to be with people that have morals just like you Okay, if you have morals, I'm just being honest with you because sometimes birds of a, a feather they do flock together, <laughs> so you may be the problem as well if you're attracting that. But yeah, just make sure you are documenting and just doing everything that you need to do to stay sane and stay safe out here, people. Now, I wanted to add this as well because sometimes people just do not know how to have boundaries. And so this is one of the things that I say to do to have boundaries. Learn no, the power of no, and not to feel guilty about it. Nice ways to say no, even though with me, I don't care if it's nice or not. I've always been a person where I don't care. I don't seek validation from anyone. My esteem is healthy. I don't care. And if you know me personally, you know this. I don't care if you like me. <laughs> but you will respect me. And that's just what it is. Because I'm an avid believer that who belongs in my life will be here. And those who don't, they're going to fall by the wayside. And that is great with me because I don't want you around. But anyway, nice ways to say no. Sound nice, um, but I'm not available. <laughs> I am honored that you asked me, but I can't do it. I'm sorry, but I can't help you at this time. Unfortunately, it's not a good time. I'm not available at the moment, but maybe next time. Unfortunately, this is not something I can do right now. I really appreciate you asking me, but I can't commit to that right now. Sorry, but I can't make it. Maybe another time. Thanks for thinking of me, but I can't. And just simply no thanks. Or just simply no. Now, you may say, I can't tell my boss no. In a roundabout way, you can. Um, it depends on what it is. You know, I, I'll get right back to that. Um, right now, I'm juggling this because sometimes you will have that superior who may want to pile things on you. And I'm just going to be outright honest. There's just some people out there that are evil and they want to make your life a living hell because they're not happy themselves. Misery loves company. Okay. Hurt people hurt people. But just because you're hurt, because I do empathize and sympathize with people and sometimes they have their own mental health issues. But guess what? You won't bring that on me. You need to get some help. And sometimes we have to help people to get help, whether that's documenting, whether that is a litigation. And if you will, yeah. So with that said, I hope you enjoyed this episode and just take care of yourself and each other. Take care. Didn't she just drop some jams? Come back soon for some more of her intellectually stimulating conversations with a dose of humor laced with that dope L.A. swag. Keep doing your thing, beautiful. She's out. Peace.
virtual couch. Please be advised, the information shared on Letitia's virtual couch is for informational and educational purposes only. If you find yourself becoming triggered from any segment of this episode, please refrain from listening. If you are experiencing a psychiatric emergency, please dial 911 or report to your nearest emergency room. Remember, information shared on this platform is not to replace therapeutic intervention. Thank you.